Welcome to Life Hurts, God Heals. I am one of your hosts, Kurt Flegel, and Kim Ward, your other host, will be on shortly. As we are interviewing one of her former instructors from the Youth with a Mission base in Chico, where she once served. The motto of the base was, go with the flow. Have you ever heard that saying before? Well, what does it mean exactly? And more importantly, what does it mean from God's perspective? How does learning to go with the flow from God's perspective help us find freedom and healing from life's hurts? And what does it take, really, to live that way? Join us now as we answer those questions in this conversation with Jeshu Ram. Welcome, Jeshu, to uh, Life Hurts, God Heals. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to be here. It's been 17 years since the first time we met. Wow. Yeah, I turned 25 days in to our wow. discipleship school with Youth with a Mission. I'm 37 now. So wow. All, all your kids were little, and now they're all yep. grown up, which is scary when I see the pictures now. I'm like, wait. Yep. Some part of me still expects them to all be shorter than me still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, Josiah is uh, my height. He's, he's 5'11 oh, now. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. Manisha's 21 Okay. No, no. <laughs> Jeez. Little Mo is that old? Yes. Oh. That old. She's not Little Mo anymore, apparently. She's not oh, Little Mo. Manisha. Oh, man. It's hard to believe that much time has passed. A lot has happened in 17 years. Yeah. Yeah. But one thing hasn't changed, apparently, is the saying that we've been talking about, which oh, is hell, going with the flow. <laughs> There's a nice hand gesture that goes with it. Yeah, yeah. That, that all came up. That whole thing came and all the hand gesture came because when you're on a mission field, when you're working with different churches, things constantly change. So we would prepare our dramas and who's going to share testimony and all that stuff. And we would go there. And right before the service starts, the pastor completely changes everything. All right. So I didn't know how to communicate to the team while I'm talking to the pastor. So I'm like, we need to come up with some kind of <laughs> hand gestures for the team to understand what's really going on in my conversation with this pastor. <laughs> so so I, I, whenever I talk to the pastor, if he changes, I look at the team and I just do this. That's it. Then everybody's ready with whatever is going to happen. So <laughs> It put it. It was way of communication, so it was really good, really so good. Yeah. For everyone who can't so was, see, what is the motion that you're doing? Yeah, it's it's your arm. You you're you're doing a, a C, like it's the like, letter C, just like a half moon. Okay. The letter backwards. C, yeah, yeah. Uh, backwards, backwards, yeah. And and yeah. you say so go with the flow while you're doing that, right? Go with the flow. Go with the flow. <laughs> yeah. Oh. When people say go with the flow, it's like, oh, you're, you're winging it. Uh, you know, actually, it's, it's not that. When you say go with the flow, it's like be led by the spirit, you, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's I, just I being picture, led by the spirit. Yeah. I picture it this way. The spirit is, is a raging river. And it's, yes. And it's terrifying to jump into mm-hmm. that yeah. because we don't know if we're going to drown in that. Mm-hmm. And so what we tend to do is we go, we, we get close to the edge of the river and we dig out our own little tributary just to have mm-hmm. our feet wet. And we yep. dig and we let that little bit of water from that huge flow, that raging river 
we dig it out and we go our own way and we find ourselves eventually in the middle of the woods lost and exhausted from trying to dig this tributary and then we get lost cry out to god and somehow come around the bend and find the raging river right there in front of us (laughs) and with the same invitation jump in exactly jump in jump in exactly enjoy the ride Mm. enjoy the ride then when 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 you're in there you're like it's not about you anymore because Mm -hmm. it's all about him and what he's doing Mm -hmm. what's going on i don't know but this is fun so on that note Share a story, Jeshu, of, of what that has looked like for you in the last, you know, 17 years since you've seen Kim. Maybe some of major moments for you in that time where you've, you've uh, been in sync with God and you've gone with the flow and where it's taken you. I don't know that I've shared this, Kim, to you. In one mm-hmm. of the schools, uh, Donna Jordan would come and teach on Hearing the Voice of God. She was there for mine. Yeah. She was there for yours. And uh, in Wam Chico, we had this uh, class was in the upper room above the uh, coffee shop and um, bookstore. And that's where we would have our class. And one of the times in this, in hearing the voice of God, we just waited on the Lord and asked the Lord what he wanted us to do. It was just a simple obedience thing. And we would just sit in a circle and be students would just step out in faith, you know, and we said, don't be afraid to make any mistakes, you know, just step out, be obedient. And one of the students felt like she was supposed to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> all right. So we're like, all right, let's, let's go with this, you, you know? So she went to the kitchen, made a peanut butter jelly sandwich and brought it. And she said, God, what do I do? And he said, just put it on the floor. So she put it on the floor in the middle and uh, we just all just waited and other things are going on. And there's this guy from Germany and he gets up and he starts dancing around this peanut butter jelly sandwich. All right. And he's, he takes off his shoes and he's barefooted. And while he's dancing, he's stepping on this peanut butter sandwich all over and uh. I, I get the still small voice that says, uh, go take a bite of it. I'm like, no, 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 no way. I'm not doing that. <laughs> and I'm having this argument with the Holy Spirit. It's like, no, that is, where is that in the scripture? Show that to me. Where is that in the scripture? Then I'll go do it. So I'm having this argument, right? Finally, the people that know me is like, Jeshu, is there something that God is asking you to do? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah, no, yes, no. <laughs> so and the speaker who was there, Joe's like, hey, obedience is better than sacrifice. <laughs> wow. so, so I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to be obedient, right? So I go there and I take a bite of the sandwich that was on the floor, mm-hmm. all right? As soon as I take a bite, there were other students, they're like, I felt the Lord tell me to do the same thing. And they came and took a bite as well. As soon as they did that, it was just this rush of the joy of the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. hit the classroom. We were all on the floor for the next half an hour, just laughing, laughing in, in, in in the Holy Ghost and just really... God just doing healing, bringing refreshing, and uh, it was just it was just a powerful time. Wow! Powerful time. 
there's a reason that that was my favorite week during lecture. <laughs> it's a powerful week. Yeah. Yeah. Powerful we did some week. weird yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but it because, was so cool. Yeah. Uh, it, it was, it was so much to just step out in faith, even though yeah. it made you uncomfortable. You know, some of the things was just there for obedience. Some of the things were God just had grace on us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Judge Scott is like, hey, look at my kids stepping out in faith, you know. Mm. And there's yeah. some things that God used corporately. But for some things, it was just for the individual person that's like, you know what? God asked me to do this. And I just stepped out, you know. And after that, what we did was because we wanted to be hearing the voice of God to be a lifestyle, just not a one-time event, you know, because it's a relationship. He's always wanting to talk to us. He always wants to communicate to us. And um, and we were having one of those moments every week in the afternoon <laughs> um, before work duties, Kim. We would have a wait, <laughs> waiting a Lord time and we would pray for finances. Sometimes we would fast and pray for our mission strip mm-hmm. and everything. And uh, we would just do whatever God told us to do. And uh, while we're doing this, Kirk, the people get phone calls saying that, hey, I was praying for you. And uh, how much do you owe for your missions trip? And they would say the number. And they're like, yeah, uh, me and your uncle were praying. We want to cover your missions trip, you know, $5,000, boom. So while we're waiting and seeking the Lord and just being obedient, all these phone calls will start coming. And people would be called out of the classroom. It's like, hey, you got a phone call. Hey, you got a phone call. Hey, you got a phone call. You know, because it was just as waiting and seeking because we said, God, you are the provider. You, you called us here. You asked us to go to the nations and preach the gospel and, and make disciples. And here we are. You make a way. And in that school, we were going to China and we needed about uh close to 80 grand in two weeks and we had a big team that was going and in two weeks i was waiting on the lord um everything came in nobody had to owe anything at all for the mission strip because god provided everything so those those are moments that i'll never forget so every time i go to ymm chico i have moments of encounters that i've had Every room has a significant mm-hmm. memory that's um, marked in my life, you, you know? Yeah. 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 You mentioned fasting, that you would spend some time fasting. I bet you were hoping that fasting was about to happen right before you had to eat from that sandwich, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What now, now, here's a question, though. That, that sandwich, um, looking back and reflecting back on that, it's been years since that happened. I, I take. Oh yeah, years. Yeah, looking back, has God revealed to you anything like any symbolism about that eating of that sandwich for you, or was it just a matter of obedience? I think it was just a matter of obedience uh, for me of me letting go of my pride. Mm. Um, you, you know, being a leader mm. and not wanting to look undignified. <laughs> you you know it's it's just a complete humility because it's like so many times what happens is that we so much focus on what the result is going to be and we want the result to be certain way but sometimes there's more that god wants to do through your obedience beyond what you can see or imagine but isn't that isn't that correct that 
that fear of, of being undignified is pride. And so is the need to uh, have a say in the results. Yes. Yes. And so really yeah. pr- pride is what gets in the way of us going with the flow. Yes, it does get in the way. Just having that childlike faith. I think that's what God is looking for in the body of Christ. He's looking for that childlike faith where they're completely dependent on the Papa God. Yeah. That is humility. That is poverty of spirit, which is the opposite of pride. Yep. I agree. So what, what was the thing that took you from YWAM and uh, led to the next season? Where was the, where was the going with the flow um, that led from that chapter to the next one? My son, Josiah, uh, he's a second child, was diagnosed as autistic. Mm. That uh, kind of took me in a place of uh, shame and I gave, gave lies to the enemy and stuff and put me in a really dark place of depression and stuff because they said he would never speak. He would never have a normal life. He would never be normal. All these things were coming at us. So we would uh, just keep praying and trusting God and doing all kinds of interventions you know, there was so many there. There were some things that we had to fight the um, school district. And we wanted this different intervention that worked and had better results when it come, came to autistic children having um, a, just a normal relationship with other kids and stuff. So we were pushing that. And we would go to Sacramento uh, from Chico to Sacramento once a week for these therapies they would do and the therapy was focused so much on not just Josiah, but us with Josiah. It was very relational mm. and uh, it was a more relational therapy. It was not so much about working with his mind. It was more working with his emotions. It was called RDI relationship intervention uh, development, you know, relationship development intervention, RDI. Mm. So it was kind of new. Uh, then at that time, the East coast was doing everything, but on the West coast, it was very rare so once we found this thing out, we were going to these things. And during that time, you know, he couldn't speak or share anything. And when God started bringing, doing healing in me, you, you know, where I had to let go, I had to come out of that dark pit of depression and God was healing me and restoring my trust with him. I just wanted my son to say, daddy. I just want him to know who I was. <laughs> you know, mm. I said, I told my wife is like, if he does not say anything else, I don't care. As long as I can hear him say daddy, mm. that's, that would just, you know, wreck me. I would be satisfied. That's all. I don't, you know, all these things were coming at us saying that he would never speak all the stuff. So we had to walk through all those uh, obstacles and, our own mental battle that was going on. Um, And in the, despite of all that, we were just calling out the destiny. We were just calling out um, God's promises over his life. We had an amazing church. We went to a vineyard church then, and they put him on the prayer calendar and they prayed every week, every week, prayed, prayed, prayed. And I believe that prayer and love is the reason where my son is today. So one Saturday morning, Uh, We usually have a tickle time Saturday morning uh, (laughs) as a family uh, when they were little and they would just come jump on the bed and we would just all tickle and everything. And I remember Josiah sitting on the chest 
my chest and I looked at him and said, oh, uh, today's the day maybe, honey, that he's going to say something, you know. I looked at him and said, Jojo, can you say Dada? Teresa leaned over and said, can you say Mama? And he just jumps off and, you know, plays doesn't say anything at all. And then a few minutes later, he just jumps back on my chest and he just grabs my face and looks me eye to eye and he says, Dada, you know? And, and Teresa leans over, can you say Mama? He looks at her and goes, Mama. And he just, and we, Teresa and I both are crying and the kids are just playing. We just have these tears of joy that after those words, things started breaking loose in Josiah. You know, he started talking, he started speaking, and we saw healing take place, complete healing take place. Now he's completely healed from autism. He is just, he's got many friends. He wants to be an engineer. He's, yeah, it's just a beautiful testimony. And he never knew that he had autism because we did not treat him differently at all. We just Mm. treated him the same, just like all the other kids. He never knew that he had autism. And uh, just about three, three years ago, three or four years ago is when he found out that what God healed me from autism, you know, and uh, we, he's, he's, he's going to be 20 in next month. Now, whenever he goes to mission trip, he shares his testimony of how God set him free from autism. Wow. And our time in YWAM was coming to an end and God just led us to go there for our son's sake, because we wanted to see, you know, we said, whatever is best for our son, we will do. Yeah. There were other doors that we could have walked into, but uh, if we had done that, we would have missed out on what God wanted to do in uh, Josiah and in us in that season. What did you do for work or whatever when you left YM to go there and do that for your son? We had a pastor friend there that would come and uh, speak in our schools. And uh, so we started attending his uh, church, Pastor Ken Blumel. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. yeah. He was one of our weeks. Yeah. And uh, he became a good friend of ours. And when he found out that we were coming to Sacramento, uh, we had a community to go and connect and be part of that church. And I was working at uh, a warehouse, uh, heating and cooling place, doing forklifting and putting <laughs> putting all the stuff and, you, you know, inventories and all the stuff. So that's what I did. And I did there that for a short time and God opened up a door to be on staff at his church. Mm. So, well, isn't it interesting? The story of the sandwich takes us here. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, really like I will be undignified in this way. I will eat of this crazy toe jam sandwich. (laughs) Ah, Okay. Thank you for that mental picture. Kurt. In front of my students. Yeah even though I'm the leader, maybe that prepared you to leave those students mm-hmm. for your son's sake and go work in a warehouse. I mean, talk about yeah. leading leaders, leaving leadership mm-hmm. to go work in a warehouse. What, what could that possibly say about our identity if we let it? Yes. And then God says, let me show you what I'm going to do through your mm-hmm. willingness to trust me and not give in to the pride of, of, you know, having to be dignified in some way. And so the story of the sandwich leads to Josiah 
saying dad yeah and mama yeah that's that's so beautiful yeah and the story of you wrestling to do what you wanted your son to do is the same thing that god wanted you to do to come out of the darkness and come to him in your depression and in your darkness and say dad and you did and in response to that your heavenly father connected you as the earthly father to your son in a new way yeah and you know looking back Teres and I talk about it because it was one of those moments where you'll never forget you know it's marked your life and God had to do a healing work in me first as a father and uh, me letting go me um, reaching out my hand and grabbing hold of his hand. And here's the thing, in, when you're in, a, in that dark place of depression and stuff, you, you feel like God is not there. You know, his hand is not there. And God spoke to him. He's like, son, my hand was always there. You just needed to grab hold of it. Mm. You know, you just need to grab hold of it. That's all. And I always thought that, how am I going to get out of this pit? And I was trying in every way in my own effort, in my own strength to try to get out of this thing. And every time I would get up, get to that point where I could see the light and I would just boom, fall again Mm. because I was doing it, everything in my own strength. But it came to the point where the hand that was always there, I just had to grab hold of it. Mm. You know, once I grabbed hold of it, I didn't have to do anything at all. He did it all. (laughs) He just did it all. He's just like, just grab hold of me. I got you, you know? And he just pulled me out and, and that, that healing in me that was taking place was very much connected to what happened to my, my son. And I, and I think that, you know, so many times we don't understand the system of heaven, the family system of the way that God has uh, put things in place, you know, fathers and mothers in a home and the family aspect of it. Because what's God doing in me? Because we're all connected. Relationship is all connected, you know, because what's happening in you will just overflow into the the rest of them that are connected as well. So that was a huge lesson for me to learn through that. Looking back, I just go, oh, wow. The healing flowed through me, what was happening in me. And my son received it because I was the head of the house. I was the covering of the house as I was getting healed my son was getting healed. Mm. Uh, so, and I'm always, if there's, if there's something that's going on in our family with our kids and stuff, Teresa and I take that time. It's like, okay, are we good? Because we're the covering of this house. Is mm. there any, any gap that's there within us or in our, in our lives that we need to make right. So our kids can, can be protected and covered, mm. you know? And even if they make mistakes, even in that healthy covering, God can still bring that healing and protection into their life or revelation of who God is and who they are in their walk. We, so that we don't so much focus on behavior modification, but we focus on heart transformation. That's, yeah. that's been the thing with Teresa and I. We always, with our kids, we, we just go beyond, beyond the behavior as like, what's really triggering this, mm-hmm. you know, what's really triggering this. And we talk about it, it comes out and automatically the behavior changes because we, we have got into the innermost being of the struggle and talking that, talking about that and dealing with that sets everything 
in 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 alignment. Yeah, you know? it's yeah. it's what what's the dam that is keeping um, the spirit from flowing? Let's get yeah. in there and get in there and deal with it so we can go with the flow, right? And it's yeah, exactly. It, and it starts with us with the vertical. Yeah. This is the symbol and the power of the cross. The cross the vertical Amen. affects the, the hor- horizontal. Yeah. yeah, and Kim, this is really I think what Jeshu is sharing about his story. Uh, with his son. I think this is where your story about uh, the song. Uh, you are my sunshine. Cause this re- it resonates. <laughs> yeah. So Kurt and I meet every other week to do discipleship, to talk about what's going on. And we're getting the end of the last one. And he's like, Kim, I, he's like, I don't do this, but I think you're supposed to listen to the song. You are my sunshine. Oh, nice. And I was like, well, I'd actually heard that earlier in the week and I, brushed it off because I was like, no, that's weird. <laughs> and I was just like, okay. And, but I, of course, me being me, I put it off for two days. Um, <laughs> it's laughing. Two days isn't actually that bad for me, unfortunately, uh, <laughs> depending. And so, but then I'm, I'm like, okay, God, I'll, I'll go look for it. And he's like, but I don't want you to just listen to it on YouTube. I want you to buy it. Mm. I'm like, really? But that song's so cheesy. <laughs> my playlist you're gonna make me pay money for this <sighs> okay fine so you know i go on itunes and i'm looking through a list and there's this huge list of songs you know everyone has done a cover of you are my sunshine it's one of those songs and i'm going through and i get towards the bottom and i get to the point where i'm down to two people that i'm kind of like well it could be one of these two and and the, the there's this one by nick lachey of all people you know it's mm-hmm. a nice little <laughs> boy band reference there <laughs> and I, and god's like that's the one yeah that's the one i want you to buy and i'm like okay that's weird you know so i buy that one i don't think anything of it um it's in a lullaby style he's written it to his um his kid mm. and i don't think anything of it and then kurt and i are at house church the next day and i'm sitting there and everyone else is talking and i suddenly hear god go do you know why i had you get that specific one i'm like no i'm assuming you're gonna tell me (laughs) and he's like it's because it's a lullaby it's a song for Mm -hmm. from a dad to his kid and that's why i'm trying to remind you of Mm -hmm. is that you're my daughter this is how i see you and it says you'll never know dear how much i love you and he's like daughter that's my heart you're gonna spend all eternity getting to know me and never get to the bottom of my love for you Wow. And he's like, and he says, don't take my sunshine away. And at first I was like, really? That's kind of prideful. I'm like, how could I possibly take God's sunshine away? He's like, but you hide your face from me all the time. Mm-hmm. And he's like, daughter, stop. Stop hiding your face from me. Like, you are my delight. You're the one I love. You, mm-hmm. you are my sunshine that I delight in. Stop hiding your face. And I'm like, okay, I'm in public. So there's only minor tears. It's not. <laughs> I'm a silent crier when there's people around, but it was just one of those things where I just couldn't get away from it. It was just that reminder. And apparently I needed uh, of God's heart that he does delight in us. The same day he gave me, um, it's in Isaiah chapter 62, verses three and four. And later on is my life verse that I wound up finding while we were in the middle of our school. (laughs) Um, but it says, you shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord mm. and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. You shall no more be termed forsaken. 
and your land shall no more be termed desolate, but you shall be called, my delight is in her, mm-hmm. and your land married, for the Lord delights in you, and your land shall be married. And it just, wow, oh, that wrecked me. <laughs> wow. And when we, uh, when we hide our face from God, we're not receiving what he has for us. Yeah. And when uh, we're not receiving, we're not reflecting. When we don't take our sunshine away, when we turn our face to him and yeah. give ourselves to him, then we're reflecting who he is to us, to other people, right? Exactly. And the, the cross again, the horizontal and the vertical, it is. right? It is. It is. And that's what happened and with you. Yep, exactly. And the enemy wanted to quench that light that was in me, but uh, I, I had to fight that and shine that light. Uh, you, you know, and that's another thing. Now I can share that story, you, you know, of, of breakthrough of depression or suicide or whatever. Um, the breakthrough, our, 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 our personal victory that, that releases a corporate breakthrough, mm. you know, uh, when mm. you share those things and, and you share it that, yeah, you take your pain and God takes the pain and turns it into a purpose. And then out of that, when you, when you testify it, it releases a power and it gives people permission to enter into that same journey and they experience their own story and now they're sharing it. Mm. You know, yeah. it's the multiplication of God's wave, his wave after wave of his love and of his grace, of his power, of his work. And uh, I just, I just love it. I just so love it. So when one person rejects pride and chooses to be undignified and walks into the flow, jumps into the river, it causes other people and and like lemmings in a good way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) To jump into the river as well. Yeah. To give up their pride and not be afraid of walking in an undignified manner before other people, not being afraid of what other people think. Yeah, totally. And that's the power of testimony, right? Uh, because the testimony is like a spirit of prophecy uh, as well. And Jesus Christ, <laughs> his testimony is, is a spirit of prophecy mm. of what he's done and uh, what he's uh, doing and what he's going to do. And uh, so as, as I testify, as I share my story, God is just, you know, from my story, he, He's just using that in other people's lives that I don't know about this aspect of my story that touches their spirit, gives them permission to say, I want that God. I'm going to say yes to that process and I'm going to jump as well. Does that make sense? Mm. Jump as well. And, uh, and when they do that and they experience it and they come back and tell you the, their testimony, it's just an explosion yeah. of God's presence and celebration. And I believe that every time there's a testimony of God that we declare, heaven just rejoices mm. and it's changed the atmosphere. Yeah. It changes the atmosphere because in the midst of bad news, you're bringing good news. Right. 
Yeah. You're bringing good news in the midst of bad news. You're bringing good news. And the, we just need to be declaring in the midst of bad news, just the good news of what God is doing yeah. and what God is saying. So whenever, whenever I hear all these testimonies, I'm like, hey, this one happened today. This one happened in this nation. This one happened in this person's life. This one happened over here last week at this church. You know, let's celebrate it because we are listening to so many bad news right now. And it's not really helping our light shine. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So let's grab in wherever, if you're listening to this, men, just start focusing on God. What are you doing? Where are the good things that you're doing? Grab hold of that. Watch what's going to happen. The light within you is just not a little candlelight. It is, it is a floodlight. Right. You know, it is a floodlight <laughs> that God wants to shine so that other people can be attracted to the good news of what God is doing. People are looking for hope. People are looking for something that they can hold on to as an anchor. And I believe the testimony of what God is doing in your life is something that people can hold on to and give him the glory so they can step into that same encounter that you and I are having. So that's my encouragement for the yeah. listeners. Yeah, that's sure. what we shared on Sunday. It's we were reading a, a Luke chapter 11 where Jesus says, the eyes are the lamp of, of the body. And if your eyes, if what your eyes are looking at is light, how much more so than is that light in you? But if yes. your eyes are focused on darkness, how much is, how great is that darkness? Yeah. And what you're saying is when we choose to focus on God and he reveals himself to us and we get to reflect that in our story to other people, mm-hmm. and then they hear that and then they choose to turn their eyes to God and they share their story. What you said, it changes the atmosphere. All these stories come together and create a holy feedback loop that just yes, keeps growing. And exactly. That, right? It keeps growing and growing. And so yeah. thank you for sharing your story and adding thank to the you. light. <laughs> yeah. And, and you said it, you said that you don't know who could be listening to your story. Well, yep. that's true here. So in closing this out, um, would you pray for those people yes. that are going to yeah. be listening? Yeah, totally. And before I go, I just, just prompted to say this and declare this. God can take your mess and turn it into a miracle. Amen. God can take your mess and turn it into a miracle. Just like the woman with the issue of blood, it was a mess. She, she was in a mess in her life and, and God turned that into a miracle because she stood on the promises of God. And she said, there's healing in the wings mm. and I'm going to touch his garment. I'm going to touch his wings. And she received uh, her healing and nobody could recognize her after she received her healing because it was a miracle. When God does a miracle, it changes you. It changes everybody around you as well. Mm -hmm. So if you're in a mess, I want to encourage you, God, when you put your trust in God, when you come to the Lord with your mess, he can turn that and turn your life into a miracle so that you can have a message Mm -hmm. for the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. Amen. So Father, I just... Yes, God. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Father, I just pray right now. Thank you, God, for this time that we could just... Uh, talk about you and talk about mm-hmm. what you have done in our lives. And Lord, there's more that you want to do in us. We're all in this journey of discovery. We're all in the process of uh, as, a, as, a, as a clay in a potter's hand. You're molding and shaping us as a vessel for your glory, God. So I pray right now that we just release the healing power of God for people who are 
who are uh, listening right now that that every testimony that was shared, every scripture that we talked about or read that would be a seed planted in their heart that they can hold on to the truth, hold on to the truth of your word, and that would lead them and guide them every step of the way. And thank you, God, for what they're doing through this podcast to build and to encourage and to bring healing to uh, the soul and to the nations and to the nations. Thank you, Lord. We just pray a blessing over the ministry. And we pray a blessing over every person that's listening mm. to this podcast. Mm. Bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Wow. This is amazing. Thank you, Jeshu, for your time. Oh, thank you. This was awesome. Wow. Maybe we'll uh, get yeah. to ha- hear more of your story and share, you know, and add to the holy feedback loop and in the future yes we love it i enjoy this this is great i'm I'm a team guy i love team Mm. uh, because uh that's what the kingdom of god is all about it's team and i think the more we're together the better we are yeah Yeah. well until next time go jesus and go team (laughs) amen go team bless you guys thank you thank you kim bye see ya Hey, before you go, there's something cool that happened in this interview that uh, we want to make you aware of. We have some extra material that actually didn't really fit into the flow. See what I did there? The flow of this conversation. Uh, some stuff about my experience and Jeshu's experience in India. Um, that's where his family is from. And so we have some bonus content that we cut out and set aside that you can listen to. So look up Stories About India on our Facebook page or on our podcast platforms, which you can find us on Apple Podcasts, and also you can find us on player.fm. If you want to contact us, you can do so through Facebook or also through our email, which is lifehurtsgodheals2020 at gmail.com. Until next time, remember that you are God's beloved, so be loved.